0: Family, that was. Hey, how are you? The iPad's talking. All right, cool. Nice chat. We'll do this again sometime. There was, and the fact that nobody's engaging with this at all makes it way more awkward. Just silence. Like, are you guys done yet? Seriously. Good morning, everybody. My name's Dan. I used to work here a while ago. No. I'm Dan Cross, the lead pastor here. I just coming back from being away for a few weeks. Thank you for allowing me to do that. And man, how awesome did the associate pastors do over the last few weeks at the pulpit? They did a great job. <laughs> Makes it easier to take off and harder to come back sometimes when they do such a good job. But uh, you know, I was able to do a lot of cool things over my time off, as you saw on the uh, on the screen. You know, the Great Wall of China, a beach. I'm kidding, of course. Those, By the way, that's a green screen. Some of you who asked somebody, hey, is he really in China? Listen, there's this thing called a green screen. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be mean. My shirt was changing colors, though. Come on, guys. I was not in the Great Wall of China. But I was able to get away for a while, and some of you know from my exploits on Facebook that I went in, uh, out west and picked up an untouched wild Mustang and was uh, working with him for a while, and you might be wondering why I did You probably were expecting me to ride him in today, um, but Rick told me he would quit if I did, so I didn't want to do that. Uh, no, I, I was asked several times already this morning, is the horse broke? And no, he's not, but you know what? Neither am I. So we're kind of at an impasse here. I got all my limbs, all my fingers, everything's still good. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. Also, more seriously, over my time off, I've, I, was op- I had the opportunity to just kind of you know unplug and really just kind of focus in, all right, Lord, what are you, you going to be telling me in this season of my life? You know, I want to take full advantage of the time that I had to really reflect, you know, it's so often we get, we, get, we get caught up in the busyness, right, of life and there's so many things going on and sometimes we kind of lose that, the opportunity to say, Lord, what is it you want to speak into my life right now? And uh, what, the, what God, I feel like God is really talking to me personally about uh, what had to do with my schedule, you know, this idea of choosing the prudent over the good, what, am I, what I mean by that is, there are many things that we can do that are good to do. Right? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> there are many things in life that we could do that are good things to do. You know, parents. There's a there's a lot of parents in here of teens and. And, you know, you're pulled in every direction and you're going to sports and you're going to school and you're going to, you know, band and all these other things. And, and those are good things. And I'm not saying you should stop doing that. That's called neglect. But uh, those are good things to do. Right. A lot of you, you know, have busy jobs and sometimes it's a good thing to have to work some overtime. To, it's good to spend some time, you know, investing the funds and thinking about all those things. There are a lot of good things to do. But but what's the prudent thing to do? Today we're going to talk about something that I believe is the prudent thing for you to do right now in this season of your life, regardless if you're you're 15 or if you're 95. The prudent thing for you to do in your life right now is to spend time at the feet of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk specifically how are we becoming more like Jesus. This isn't a solo. This isn't an individual sport. This is a team thing. We do so together, and discipleship is this tool that God has given us, so we can grow together as a body, but also grow to become more like Jesus. And that's the goal. Again, it doesn't matter what season of life you're in. It does as you are going right as you're driving to soccer practice. For my family, it's as we're driving forty minutes each way to hockey. I don't know, fifteen times a week or whatever it is. Uh, it seems that way, but you know, whatever it is that you're doing. Grow in Christ. Be a part of a discipling relationship. There's so few things in our life that we can be certain of. Like, should I take this new job? Should I go and attend this particular school? What should I do here? When it comes to the matter of discipleship, there's really no question. We need to be a part of a discipling relationship. We need to be doing the prudent thing over the good thing let me give you a personal example you many of you know I'm working on a doctorate degree if I don't take a break from my classes and if I work on a dissertation while I'm doing my coursework I'll be able to complete the degree in about a little less than three years from now and uh, over this last three weeks I, I was thinking about that and I came to the realization that we so we have four kids if you didn't know that our oldest two are are grown and they've moved out of the house and we have two boys left at home uh, 16 and 14 years old, and I came to the realization over this last couple of weeks really thinking about, you know, they're going to be in the house for another four to five years, and then they will have moved out. You might say, well, they might live there till they're 20. No, they'll have moved out. Hear me clearly. <laughs> I will close the basement down. I don't care what I got to do. They will have moved out. My point is there's this limited amount of time I have with kids in the house, right? How many of you have had kids grow up and move out? You know, do you regret the time you spent with your kids when they were at your home still? How quickly did they go from diapers to leaving, right? And for you parents who are in here, you you might have little kids and you're like, people keep promising that, but it doesn't seem like it. Listen, it's gonna seem like it. I've got two that have already moved out and they're both in my mind like little girls, right? And one's pregnant with her third child of her own. It happens just like that. So in my life right now, while education is good and still going to pursue it, but probably at a much slower pace, because the prudent thing in my life in this season right now is spending time with my boys as they become young men, because they need to know and follow Jesus Christ in their life, and they need to see dad do it, and they need to have dad invest in them. So what's the good thing in your life that you're doing right now that you need to stop doing for the prudent thing? That's what we're going to be talking about. With that in mind, on my way into the office Monday, this text came to mind. The story of Mary and Martha. Many of you know it. And we're going to be looking at that briefly in Luke chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and start turning. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Let's, let's have a word of prayer before we jump in. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for rest. Thank you for for always being there to guide and direct us. It's for our own good as we get to know You and we get to enjoy You together as a body. We thank You for that. God, thank You for people in our lives that are are further down that road of discipleship who know You, who are are more mature in their faith, that can invest in those of us who are less mature in our faith. And God, thank You for giving us the opportunity to invest in others as we have been invested in. God, as we read your word, may it, make, may it help us take all, all of us to take a step closer to you today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I find my glasses here. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. You guys doing all right? All right, I need some talk back today, all right? Can you do Not while I'm reading, that'd be weird, but you get what I'm saying. But one thing is necessary. Mary chose the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Now many of you, like I said, you're very familiar with this story. You know, Jesus is going village to village. He's he's healing people. He's doing miracles. He's teaching. And people are kind of hanging on his every word. He comes into this town and, and enter Mary and Martha who invite him into their home. And in this text and sermons, Martha tends to get kind of uh, beat up a little bit for what she has done, right? Like like Mar- Martha, for real, Jesus is there and you're worried about what's, on, what's for dinner. And she gets kind of beat up for that. But I don't know if that's fair. I mean, uh, isn't it a good thing to be hospitable and to serve other people? That's a good thing, right? You have people come over to your house, do you just leave it a disaster? Oh, you're like, well, my house is never a disaster. Well, your kids have moved out. Congratulations. I got in trouble years ago at a sermon. I mean, we're talking 15 years ago. We had a bunch of little kids that running around the house. And I, said, I, I brought up, I, I, I disclosed something that apparently I wasn't supposed to. And my wife is at the first service, so I didn't share it then, but I'm safe now. I, we have something in my house that's called the fake house, right? If you come over to my house, you won't see my real house you'll see the fake house. If you surprise us, you'll see the real house, and I'll get in trouble, right? But we, you know what I'm talking about. You have guests coming over, what, and especially if you have kids running around, you, you, you probably have a room where everything gets tossed into so you can have this clean house and so people come over. You want to be hospitable, right? If you, you know you're having guests, you heat up leftovers? Probably not. You probably make a meal. You probably even make a dessert to go with that meal, Right? You, you want to make sure you're serving those who are coming to your house. And that's a good thing. That's showing honor and respect right, to the people who are coming and visiting you. The Bible even tells us we should be hospitable. So here's Martha. She gets beat up on this text, but isn't she just being uh, servant-minded and hospitable? Isn't, aren't those good things for her to be doing? And that's my first point this morning. Listen, Martha did a good thing. Start back in our text, Uh, uh, now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Well, of course she did, right? This is Jesus. Again, at this time, Jesus is going from village to village. He's growing in fame as this teacher and this miracle worker and people want to know who he is and and what's going on. And, And Martha, knowing that, wants to make sure she puts her best foot forward and cleans the house and prepares the meal, and she's busy serving the group of Jesus and his followers. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. You know, Martha must have known of all of his travels and all that he was doing. And she likely just wanted to be hospitable. Martha was doing a good thing as she was serving Jesus and his followers. Galatians 5.13 says this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. Isn't that what Martha's doing here? Is serving one another? But while Martha, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, but while Martha was doing a good thing, Mary was doing the prudent thing. Listen to the text. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mary was willing to forfeit the good thing for the prudent thing. She had an opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus and she was going to take it regardless of what else was going on. And of course, the point of the story was Martha should have been more worried about that as well. That she should have forfeited some of the good things that were going on that she was doing for the prudent thing in that moment to sit at the feet of Jesus. And before we shake a finger at Martha, how many of us do that on a regular basis? That we forfeit opportunity to sit at the feet of Jesus for all of the good things going on in our lives. You know, sometimes it's as simple as turning your radio off and, and put, you can, this is 20, 2021, you can listen to the Word of God as you drive around. Every excuse that we could come up with, listen, we have opportunities to sit at the feet of Jesus. Let's take those opportunities. Let us not forfeit the prudent for that which is good. While Martha was busy serving, Mary was busy listening. Listening to Jesus. Mary Mary apparently rightly perceived the appropriate opportunity and utilized it by listening to Jesus. Friends, are we doing that in our life? Are we listening for the voice of Jesus in our lives? Or are we so distracted by the good that we continually neglect the prudent? I can tell you for myself, this, is, I was a, this was a conviction I've had over this time off. That so often I've, I've taken the good and, 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 and stepped into the good and neglected the prudent. And I, I'm sure many of us could probably testify to the same thing. Again, the hours I spend doing the good thing, am I spending that same amount of time in the Word of God, in prayer? And am I being challenged by somebody who is discipling me? Listen, I'm your pastor, but I still need to be discipled. That doesn't end. As a matter of fact, no matter what season of life you are in right now, here's something I can say to you with certainty. You should be in discipling relationship. Every one of us. Our deacons, our pastors, our young people, you know, our busy parents, the retired, we should all be in discipling relationships. How often, though, are we distracted from what is prudent by doing what is good? Again, our our discipleship is for every season of our life. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Friends, no matter what season of life you are in, choose growth. Choose listening to Jesus. He's given us incredible tool of discipleship where we can iron sharpens iron we can grow one another as a body and individually more like Jesus take full advantage of it regardless of what season you're in Listen the church needs you to grow and to help others grow Mansfield needs you to grow in Christ and to help others grow in Christ I've heard it said that the church is God's plan A and there is no plan B in reaching the world. Are you doing your part? Are you growing in Christ? Are you helping others to grow in Christ? Again, here is where this text gets so personal and applicable for us. Every season of our lives have different focuses and different things that occupy our time. Many of which are good. In every season of our lives, spending time at Jesus' feet is the right and prudent thing for us to do. You will never regret that time. You will never regret that time. Coincidentally, it is also the best thing we can do for our marriages. Spending time at the feet of Jesus. It's the best thing we can do in our jobs, for our jobs. It's the best thing we can do for the relationships that we have with our friends. It's the best thing we can do for the relationships we have with our children. is spending time with Christ and discipling relationships with other people in the body. It's the best thing we can do for our grandchildren. Friends, your grandchildren need to see you following Jesus and being in discipling relationships. How do you think they're ever going to do it if they don't watch you? Our kids need it desperately. Our marriages need it. Are we spending time with Christ? Are we in discipling relationships? Kelly and I both were in uh, this one-on-one discipling relationship with a, with a couple down in Texas years and years ago. Uh, I, I brought him up before, Todd Voss, and he, he's a pastor at a church at the uh, I think you guys say the state that's what do you call it the state up north? Yeah. Am I allowed to say Michigan here? No. I, I looked at Drew. He said no. That time that we spent in these in that one-on-one discipleship, it was like spiritual steroids. It didn't take away time from me and Kelly or take away from time for me and my kids. It made me a better husband. It made me a better dad. It made me more available to my wife and to my kids. Do the prudent thing. Enter into a discipling relationship. Grow and become more like Jesus. Sit at Jesus' feet. Be a Mary and do the prudent thing. Our main idea is this. Everything in our life that is good and important to us, benefits us most when we are at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to say it again. Everything in our life that is good and important to us benefits the most when we are at the feet of Jesus. Everything. Everything. Let let that be the well you drink from that flows from you in the rest of the areas of your lives. Be at the feet of Jesus. And it's because of this truth that we have adopted a discipleship plan that we all want, that we want all Bereaners to become proficient with, and we are in. This is actually the last of our series and foundations, where we're kind of giving you a thirty thousand foot view of that plan. Uh, since I've been in vocational ministry, I've, I've come across this question time and time again. Uh, people saying, "Listen, I I want to help others grow and become more like Christ, or I know this person and they said they want help studying the Bible. You know, where do I start?" We want to give you a tool that's that thing, that that's a place, that's something you can use to start that conversation with. You're not going to have everything. If if you want everything you need to know, we've got it here in the Word of God. But this is a tool that can kind of help you demonstrate and explain some of the concepts that you're going to find in the Bible and help people to understand them in their context a little bit better. So I'm going to pivot a little bit right now, and uh, we're going to kind of overview where we've been in foundations. And we know it's a summertime, uh, many of you have, have missed sundays those kind of things and being on vacation and uh, while you can go back and watch online i want to make sure that we've given an ample opportunity to kind of be familiar with some of uh, um, at least again like i said the 30,000 feet view of this information excuse me so first i'm going to start with this why does brian exist and then we have our mission statement we want to be a community of christ followers enjoying god together growing in grace and truth And taking life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond. Now our staff is doing a very good job understanding this and implementing this uh, mission and this uh, purpose statement into their ministries and into their lives. But but it's important that Berean does the same thing. That we're speaking the same language. um, That we're we're all in and invested in this. Again, a community of Christ followers. Enjoying God together. Growing in grace and truth. And taking life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond. We break it down a little bit in something we've called the Life in Christ Triangle. We've explained this already several times. I'm going to do it real quickly again uh, for those of you who might be new. And, and I'll be honest, I've heard it a bunch of times, but I still need to go back to it so I can it'd be fresh on my mind. So we have this Life in Christ Triangle shown up on the screen here, and it demonstrates three different important relationships with our life in Christ. The up, the in, and the out. Uh, we'll break that down a little bit further. The up, we, we use the terminology, enjoying God together. Now why doesn't it just say serving God together or obeying God together? Listen, for those of you who have had a relationship with the Lord for a number of years, you will amend this. Following God is a joy. It's a joy. We ought to enjoy God together. We shouldn't show up all angry like you're looking at me right now. We should smile. Why? We should be overflowing because we're enjoying God together. Matthew 22, 37, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the up, the enjoying God together. The language we use for the end is growing in grace and truth together. By the way, you're going to hear this word together a lot as it's a key as we grow to grow in Christ. Again, this isn't an individual sport. This is a team thing. Growing in grace and truth Hebrews 10.24 says this, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. We're called to stir each other up. You know, the Bible says the iron sharpens iron. That we grow together. We encourage one another. You know, after our first song and our gatherings, many times Pastor Isaiah will say, hey, take a second and encourage somebody. Don't let that be the only time that happens during the week. Be in relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ and stir each other up into love and to good works. That's the in and the out, the language we use. Taking life in Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond. You know, Brian has this uh, a rich history of, of living missionally, and it used to have a sign on uh, before you pulled out that now you're entering the mission field, right? And now it says that uh, um, uh, to go and to take the life of Christ to the heart of Ohio and beyond. Essentially, that says the same thing. We've just changed the language a little bit. As we leave here, we're the church, Right? You've heard it said, we're not gathering here to go to church. This is the church gathering to gather to worship and to learn and to encourage one another. But when we leave this parking lot, this world needs us to go and to be the church. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. As we are going, as we are going, we are to make disciples of all nations. Again, this is the life of life in Christ triangle the up in and the out and we use this kind of to to help explain some very um, important truths in a really simple way now what is a disciple if we're going to if we want all of us to become disciples of jesus christ and to grow in our faith we should probably be able to have a definition so we know what we're trying to aim for and the definition that we're going to use is this a disciple is a devoted follower of jesus who is enjoying gathering and going A disciple is a devoted follower of Jesus who is enjoying, gathering, and going. Now back, and we're going to do a little bit of the overview here, back to our life in Christ triangle. The up, some of the key words there, some of the things we've discussed over the last few weeks is this. Uh, It includes the gospel of Jesus Christ. It includes our gospel identity, who we are in Jesus. And of course it includes God's word. Um, I've introduced this next shape to you, if you would, a couple of times, called the Kairos Circle. It's a, uh, it speaks of a moment in time, uh, maybe where God gets your attention. Now, since I've talked about this before, I'm going to do it really briefly. But essentially, it's something that we can use while we're discipling others, or even in our own walk with God, when we've noticed that God has gotten our attention. Now, that can happen in a big thing, right? It could be you've walked your daughter down the aisle, God's got your attention been there. I know that God's got your attention in that moment. It could be a, a loss of a loved one. It could be a, you know you want one, one of the people you love maybe one of your kids is straying away from the Lord and God has your attention right now. Or it could be something you know maybe not as, as big. It could be you know you, you overhear one of your kids say a word they shouldn't say and you know where they heard it, their mother, right? <laughs> Whatever the case may be, God's got your attention right? God's got your attention. And in that moment, we call it a kairos moment to say, all right, and this is why it's important to walk with other people through this life, right? in discipleship. So you can say, hey, listen, Dan, you, you just told me this big thing. God's got your attention. Let's go through this kairos circle together, right? So the first half of that circle is all about repentance. You know, you, you, you observe what's going on in your life that caused maybe this thing to happen or, or, uh, or how God's got your attention. You reflect on it. You discuss it with somebody. It's much easier. You discuss it with God. You discuss it with somebody else. And you move on to this believe part. Now you make a plan. You become accountable to somebody. And you act on it. And what that happens is when you travel this circle, instead of coming out after God has gotten your attention with no gain or no growth, you begin to grow to look more like Jesus. Now our discipling walk is a a steady stream of Kairos circles. And we're not going to get there, right? We're not going to be Jesus on this side of heaven. However, as we continue to grow, we, stop, we, we start making new mistakes in our life. You know, I coached hockey for a number of years, and one of the things I like to tell the kids is make a new mistake today. Why? I knew they would make mistakes because they weren't perfect, but you know what, let's have some victory over the last mistake that you made. Let's grow from it, let's learn from it, let's make new mistakes. This is a tool that kind of helps us to do that, you know, to, to, to grow and to overcome the things that we have been struggling with. So that's the, the up. But the end, some of the key things here are community life, community gatherings, and community on mission. Uh, we've talked about that over the last few weeks. John 1, 35-39 says this, The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Because what happens is when we're, we're, we're discipling somebody, they start to grow as we are growing, right? And what a cool opportunity is that to see somebody that you're pouring into, to see them become more like Jesus. This is, again, this isn't drudgery or, 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 or something that's just not fun at all. We get to do this as we're enjoying God. And it's so sweet and it's so awesome. I want to show you this little, uh, uh, the next few slides. I don't think this will not be reviewed. I don't think we've showed these yet. Um, but we're kind of trying to place, like, when we're discipling people, uh, there, there's a few things that, are, that we have to think about. Are we going to be high invitational or are we going to be low invitational? And what do I mean by that? Let's just jump to Matthew 16, 25. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life, it will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me ask you, Do you think, does that sound highly invitational or low invitation? You can answer. You won't be wrong, probably. High. It's a high invitation, right? Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me. This is, hey, if anybody wants to follow Jesus, this is a high invitation. Jesus came and he allowed everybody to put their faith in him. He has died for the world so that they might know, right? That's high invitation. We should be highly invitational as a church body and in our discipling groups as well. Now let's go on to challenge as there are low challenge and high challenge. Uh, and what we do when we kind of cross these up, we find right where the sweet spot in discipleship is. So we'll go ahead the next uh, slide real quick. And that is in, in, the, in the quadrant in the top right here, right? Discipling, uh, you feel empowered with a high invitation and high challenge. Uh, If you go down and and you're you're the, I'm sorry, high challenge but low invitation, it can be discouraging. You're feeling stressed out. You're not really connecting and those kind of things, right? Moving on to the lower left. If you have a low challenge and a low invitation, it's kind of boring. It's kind of apathetic, right? And then, of course, the top left here, low challenge, high invitation, you, you create consumers, Right? You can be completely anonymous. You don't have to ke- connect, but you, everybody's gonna be super happy that you're there and never really challenge you to grow, right? And in a discipling relationship, do you think that's gonna help somebody grow and become more like Jesus? No. We use this word. We use the word could become tolerant, right? Tolerant of sin, and we should never become tolerant of sin. So again, the sweet spot in discipleship with this is the upper right quadrant here, where it's a high challenge and a high invitation. And we want to ask ourselves a question as a church body: Are we welcoming people, and are we challenging people? Are, are we hitting that quadrant right? And uh, that's one of the, the important things that we're trying to ask here. And by the way, I'm wrapping up here. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come back as we uh, up, and we're going to close with the, with a song. Again, this is the, all the sermons on this series have been online. We're, we're doing these classes in different formats. So uh, what we're doing in this series is really a thirty thousand foot view. We want to get more uh, involved but uh, again with the, the the gospel I'm sorry the life in Christ triangle kind of ending on the out is this gospel fluency it's this uh this gospel fluency it's kind of knowing where your story uh intersects with the gospel of Jesus Christ and be able to communicate that and all then finally we want to establish mission missional practices in our lives and we're going to be doing that many of these things through the missional communities that you're going to hear a lot about that we're looking to launch this fall some have already started if you're wanting, by the way, more information on maybe leading a missional community or being a part of one, uh, you can go out this door in the middle after the service, go over to the uh, uh, welcome desk and get some information there or g- give, your, give your information and we'll get a hold of you. We want everybody at Berean and part of one of these missional communities. So these missional practices, what are they? First of all, whatever it is we're doing in our lives, we need to begin with prayer. We, we, ha- we are so privileged to be to be indwelled with the Holy Spirit of God as a follower of Jesus Christ. We are so privileged to be able to go to the throne room of God with our prayers. Make sure we're taking full advantage of that. Make sure that we begin everything we do with prayer. In our discipling relationships, we need to learn to listen to what's going on around us and to what people are saying. Uh, When I have evangelistic conversations, a question I often ask is, hey, what's God been up to in your life? And it's amazing how many times somebody who professes to be an unbeliever will tell me a story or two. And my job just kind of helped kind of guide them to, to what they've already seen God do in their lives. So listen, one of my favorite parts, eat. You say, why is eat? Why did eat make the top five list of missional practices? You know, we see all through Scripture Jesus breaking bread with his disciples and his followers. You know, this, this, it gives you this opportunity where, where we can really talk. And having and sharing a meal is important as a family. And friends, we are a family. And then serving. It does involve serving and then ends with story. You know, again, where our story intersects with the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Making sure we can communicate that in the power of Christ. We're going to pray and then we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap up with one more song as we worship God together. Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for who you are god your design is so perfect and so incredible to have a body of believers that come together to worship you to honor and to glorify you and to stir each other up so that we can become more like you and god that is always the prudent thing in a world where there are so many good things to occupy our time We know the prudent thing is to be at your feet and to do so together as we grow to become more like you, as the world is so so desperately needing the church to do. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.